time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station. As always, we want to thank y'all for tuning in and turning it up. Tell your family, friends, cousin, neighbors all about the show because this is the program where we give you a chance to learn everything you need to know about racing. Short track, super speedway. If it's got four wheels and it goes real fast, we don't even care if it goes straight and just in six seconds or five seconds. We talk about it every week right here on Southern Race Week. As always, I am uh, William Barber, a.k.a. WB. That's what my family, friends, cousins, neighbors, even the IRS calls me. You can too. On the uh, uh, side, uh, side panel on top of the pit box, as always, is the producer to the stars, the guy that's being – aggressively sought after by every radio market and uh, production company in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Alfie. Thank you very much. William. This week, Alfie, you know, we, uh, we're coming off of a back-to-back kind of a race weekend, if you will. The fact that uh, our good buddy Kevin Harvick come out a winner. You and I remember his first win at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So how great was it for you to finally get to watch some NASCAR racing on TV. Yeah, it was great to see it, William. We've been waiting so long for racing to return. I mean, it was kind of weird with no fans and a very limited crew out there, but exciting to see some racing this past Sunday at uh, the, the track Too Tough to Tame. And a congratulations to Ken Harvick on getting that 50th victory of his career. As we said, victory number one was at AMS during another pretty tragic time after the passing of Dale Singer at Daytona and that number 29 car. So a real cool, cool for him to have emotional wins in uh, number one and number 50 for him. So it was really awesome. Well, let's talk real quick before we uh, talk any other NASCAR related news. Let's uh, run down who we have on the old Food Depot Zoom line this week because it doesn't matter if it's NHRA or NASCAR. We've got something for everybody. Uh, that's right. We got Sean Langston from the NHRA. He's going to be joining us this week to talk about some uh, NHRA. They'll get back in action in August tentatively. We'll speak with the man in charge over at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter, as they get set for racing this weekend, the Coca-Cola 600, and then uh, Trucks Xfinity, and then another cup race on Wednesday. And a very awesome interview, William. I'm really probably so excited for this one. Uh, Ross Chastain is going to be driving Sunday in the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, one of the traditions they've been doing over the last few years is putting the names of fallen soldiers on the roofs of the car uh, mm-hmm. since it is Memorial Day weekend. And right. he's going to be driving the car with the name of a special uh, gentleman from the uh, great city of Griffin, Georgia, there on the south side, Marine Lance Corporal Christopher Rogers. So this is really cool, William. I have learned that Mr. Rogers, who is his father, Christopher Rogers is also his name, uh, the mm-hmm. father of the Lance Corporal, will be doing the interview with me with Rochastain, and they have never met or have ever talked together before. In a normal world, when we do interviews with people, we just call them on the phone. That's it. That's all. But in this world, in today's world, not only are we talking to them, but we actually can see them and see the, 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 the tears, the irony, the love and the passion. So I tell you, brother, I, from what I understand, this, is, this has got to be, this, I, I'm glad. It, I, I don't know that I could have gotten through it, brother. Well, so, um, you know, to have a dad tell his son's story to a NASCAR driver, um, it, that's just, it's going to be a great interview, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, like I said, uh, to learn that this was the first time they had an opportunity to meet and talk to each other is uh, just awesome. And uh, just another reason to cheer for the number 77 car 
uh, Sunday afternoon at the Coca-Cola 600 representing uh, a gentleman from the south side of town, God's country there, not too far from Atlanta Motor Speedway there uh, in Griffin, Georgia. So I'm uh, very excited about that. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's South, we bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And I got to tell you, I am very excited uh, for this interview that we're about to do because I don't think we've ever done this before where I've had two guests uh, on the phone line at the same time. But we head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line, as we are calling it here over the last few weeks, and welcome in a couple of very special guests. First, I want to welcome in the driver of the number 77 machine in the uh, in NASCAR. Mr. Ross Chastain is joining us from inside his uh, beautiful motorhome there, and then also from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America, we welcome in Christopher Rogers as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Appreciate you guys and hope you're doing well wherever you are at located. Thank yes. You. Yeah. Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. Right. So let's talk about Sunday. It's very special, a day, Memorial Day weekend. And when you think of Memorial Day weekend, you think of, of course, the brave men and women of our military, and then also some great racing as well. The Coca-Cola 600 coming up on Sunday for the NASCAR Cup Series. And um, Mr. I guess let's, let's start with you, Mr. Rogers. Your son's name will be featured on Ross's number 77 machine coming up on Sunday. Marine Lance Corporal Christopher Rogers, local boy from Griffin, Georgia, down there on the south side of town, God's country. So, um, Mr. Yes. Rogers, uh, tell us about the honor of having your son's name uh, donning the number 77 machine coming up in one of the, maybe one of the premier races in the NASCAR Cup Series schedule, the uh, Coke 600. Well, I appreciate you doing this, Ross. Uh, it means a lot to me and my family to have my son's name on your car and to keep his legacy alive. Um, Blake was 20 years old when he was killed in action, and I swore that I would honor him every day, and this is just another way to honor him on a national basis, and I certainly appreciate that. Now, Ross, hearing that from the father of the gentleman's name that will be adorning your ride this Sunday, uh, how does that feel for you to know that that's so appreciated from uh, the father and, and the family of uh, the Lance Corporal? Man, it's, it, words, words don't do it justice. Um, it, it, it means the world. I know we were, we've, we've been brought together by chance, um, but, yes. but I, I believe there's a lot bigger reason that stuff like this – you know that, that NASCAR does this stuff, and and however it got started, uh, you know five six years ago, um, programs like this uh, really uh, hit home, and, and they do for me right now. Getting to meet you, sir. Uh, you know, for me, the the racing side of Memorial Day weekend has always just been a maybe a chance for a lot of people to take a break from reality, and that's what I feel like NASCAR can be for a lot of people is just a, a release from whatever you know, anybody in the, in the country or the world has going on in their day-to-day -day life that it can be just kind of a break and watch a sport, watch us compete, and cheer for somebody, boo against somebody. But this, um, Mr. Rogers, I got to say, this is, uh, I was goosebumps there, you know, when, when you said that, but getting to, to meet you here, um, you know, unfortunately it's through Zoom. I, not, you know, not that anything bad about that, but man, I wish you guys could come to the track and, and meet in person, shake your hand and 
see the race car, see the name on there. We're going to do as much as we can to make it up to you, though. Let me ask you, so oh. this is the first time you guys, uh, guys have had an opportunity to kind of meet each other and talk? or? Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's, re that's really cool. So, Mr. Rogers, tell us a little bit about your son. Um, growing up in Griffin on the south side of town, uh, t tell us a little about him and, and, and the things that he's done that you want to brag and, and talk about his accomplishments. Well, um, at a young age, and it was age 11, when Blake decided that he wanted to be a Marine, and it was because of September the 11th, 2001, the very day that that happened, we all come home, we turn on the television, and we start witnessing all the horror that had happened that day. And for an 11-year-old, it, it was an awesome time because Blake was like, he come to me and he come to his mom and said that he wanted to be a Marine and be best of the best. And through all his, all his years, he never looked back. He graduated from high school in 2008. In October of 2008, he left us to go to boot camp at Paris Island, South Carolina. And in January of 2009, he graduated. Um, in his platoon is his top shooter of the platoon and out of 500 men in the company he become his third place uh winner as far as physical and shooting abilities so his dream become true on january 16th 2009 the very day that his drill sergeant handed him the ega the eagle globe and anchor and he shed tears that day because he fulfilled a life's dream that he had had since age 11. The pride still just pops from my chest. Mighty proud of my son. Now, Ross, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you know about, about him. Uh, you know the name, obviously, because that's the name that's going to be adorning your car. So for you hear uh, from Mr. Rogers personally, the kind of person and the kind of man that he was over a tragic event that happened to our our country how does that motivate and inspire you even more to want to take that 77 car get that checkered flag and and take that car into victory lane yeah it it, it does um you know you talk about some of those those moments that affected the and changed the course of, of your son's life and i was in third grade when september 11th happened um and for him to be just a few years older, I graduated high school in 2011. For him to make that decision, on, on, you know, at that age, on that, because of that moment, um, shows a damn strong person. And even yes. at, at that age, um, to to know, follow through with that, gosh, that's uh, that's incredible. You know, that's the kind of guys and, and boys at the time, but turned into a, a man, a guy that that we, you know, that we need defending this country. And, and um, man, that is. Uh, that's, and I know that's the truth. That's a touching, very, uh, it's inspirational. Just, I mean, just that he could follow through with that from 11 years old, you know, all the way through it. Thank come you. Out third, that's, uh, that's incredible. Uh, speaking with Chris Rogers here and Rod Chastain on the Southern Week Radio as we get set for the Coca-Cola 600 coming up this weekend as uh, uh, Ross will be driving the number 77 machine with the name of uh, Mr. Rogers' son, Marine Lance Corporal Christopher Rogers uh, from Griffin, Georgia. And I hear that you have a nickname for him. That you've, I don't know if that's a nickname for him. How, how did he get that nickname that you've been calling him here the last few times I've heard you mention his name? 
Well, his middle name is Blake, and me and my family and friends all referred to him as Blake. We didn't call him Christopher, although his legal name is Christopher. But we, you can call him Blake. He, he was, uh, everybody knew him as Blake. Awesome. Now, Sunday will be the, the big race, the Coca-Cola 600. I'm sure you and your family will be gathered around uh, watching the race. Do you have any encouraging words for uh, Ross as he gets sets and prepares himself for uh, Sunday when the green flag drops? Well, I, I can say this, Ross. Great qualifying is going to get you up front. Let's do that. <laughs> well, with all this crazy stuff going on, they got us my first and only laps on track before the race will be qualifying. So, uh -huh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I we know we are at some strange times right now. We are, but yes, yeah, so I'm going to fire off. First time ever driving the, for uh, Spire and Chip Ganassi Racing on a mile and a half track. So, we ran the Daytona 500 this year. Uh, but that's a totally different kind of race car and package of racing with our with the drafting at Super Speedway. So now coming back to Charlotte, running the Oval, uh, we still will try to run wide open, and although I don't think we will. I think um, with the evolution of the sport, since we have the current aero package that we have now, we've had it for a year uh, with all of 2019, and now you know the first part of 2020, it doesn't look like we'll be wide open, but it, it'll be close. So. Just know I'm going to be very nervous, and your those words from you might rattle through my head right as I go to pull on the track because it's it's odd when I'm when I'm in those kind of high pressure situations on on the racetrack, random thoughts pop into my mind right before um, you know I go do something. So yeah, we'll try to qualify. Uh, you know, if we if we could be top half of the field and qualifying, it's a long race. It's our longest one, as y'all know, 600 miles. Uh, 400 laps around a mile and a half track that's uh it's gonna take a little while so we can move forward if, if we need to so as you prepare for charlotte uh how do you get ready you know it's like you said it's been a while since you've been in a car and and, and taking some laps so as you prepare for charlotte uh what's your mental state as you get ready to do that uh, well uh, nerves whenever i think about it too much so i try not to um and just just check in my boxes so um have been on a, a uh, really over the when once the pandemic hit and, and our sport got shut down uh, we actually I actually ramped up the physical side and the mental training side uh, for what I normally would do week to week in the in the middle of a season uh, because I had more time to recover and now I have so it's just checking checking my boxes of you know day to day physically doing things I need to do mentally straining myself to a certain degree so that I am ready because the race cars are loud they're hot they move around a lot. Like you, you've got to be ready to absorb all that, um, both physically and mentally. And 600 miles, that, that race could take up to four hours or a little more, um, you know, or close to it. it that's a long time. And uh, so, yeah, um, I'm down in the in the South Carolina area now to be ready for our race tomorrow at noon. We got to be to the track nice and early um, to, uh, to to be ready. They want us there ahead of time. Uh, and it'll be the same thing for, for Sunday at Charlotte. It's, uh, you know, we will have qualifying, so that'll be a little different than how we've been doing it um, at Darlington this week. But it's uh, working with a group like Chip Ganassi Racing. That's the, that's the top of the top as far as race teams and, and, and people go. Um, and I've been driving off and on for them since 2018 in their Xfinity Series and then working with them day to day on uh, on behind the scenes stuff for the one in the 42 car and, and kept a really good relationship. And, um, 
you know, they've been, they've been great to me and I've, I've, uh, wanted to just want to drive their race cars cause they go fast and they win races. So, um, Sunday morning though, will be, will be very, uh, you know, now getting to, to know you, Mr. Rogers and, and knowing the story of Blake, it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot more special. Now, Mr. Rogers, before we get a chance to let you guys go and go off and do what you need to do, uh, do you have any questions or anything you'd like to talk to Ross about before we wrap things up? I have no questions, but I do want to read something to you both that when Blake's body come to back to Georgia, we found his boot camp Bible in his vehicle. Now, he was stationed at uh, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And we went up to the memorial service. There were actually 13 Marines that were killed in his unit. And he was the very last one that was killed. But on September 1st, 2010, he left us March 5th, 2010, and was killed September 1st. Um, but inside of the cover of the Bible were these words, Ross. I will never give up, never give in. Take it as it comes and grow stronger. Those words were written in his own handwriting. We don't have any clue where those words come from, but I want you to think about those words. I will never give up, never give in. Take it as it comes and grow stronger. That will mean a lot. Thank you, sir. Sir. Well, uh, Ross, let me tell you something. I've never wanted to cheer for a car more and see a car in victory lane more than the number 77 machine. And I'm sure the Rogers family agrees with that as well, sir. And I'm honored to have both of you on this show. Um, Griffin, Georgia, as, uh, as a, I've known a lot of people from that part of town. And I got to tell you, I've never been more prouder of uh, the city of Griffin than I am uh, right now, sir. So, Ross, good luck to you on Sunday at the Coca-Cola 600. Mr. Rogers, our prayers will continue to be with your family and, and thank your son for all the, the, the all, you know, all he did to serve our country and to uh, give us this free, free country that we have right now. So, guys, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week. Ross, just uh, get out there and do your best, buddy. I think that's all we expect from you is to go out there and do your best in that 770 machine. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for joining us this week. Yes, thanks. Thanks, both of y'all. And, uh, yeah, tune in and enjoy the race. Yes, sir, we will. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. And welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie bringing you yet again another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We've got a lot to get to this week, and we have a special guest on the Food Depot Zoom line as we welcome in NHRA driver. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Sean! Langdon! Uh, Mr. Langdon, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having an enjoyable time during this quarantine session. I'm sure you've been in your home now for a little while. And uh, before we get into the interview and talk about what's been going on, what have you been doing to occupy your time during this uh, crazy ordeal that the country has been going through? Oh, well, I've, I've stayed pretty busy, uh, stayed pretty active um, with a lot of the things uh, with the race team. Obviously, uh, I live in Indiana, Indianapolis, and uh, the race team's up in, in Michigan. So we've had a lot of conference calls of kind of keeping the communication going um, as far as our, our game plans of, of getting back racing and all that. But we've done a lot of uh, 
actually with Zoom calls and uh, we've done a lot of conference calls with a lot of our sponsors, kind of keeping them in the loop of everything going on and, and our plans and NHRA's plans. And I've been, you know, just busy back at home. I've been uh, traveling to California to see family. Been doing a, a little bit of golfing. Uh, was in at, uh, Alabama last weekend working on my sportsman cars. We went testing two weeks ago, and then we had our first race last weekend. Just staying busy. That's the biggest thing. I've, uh, I guess I'm pretty good at, at finding ways to, to be busy. Usually my schedule throughout the year is uh, almost, you know, probably 30-some weekends a year I'm, I'm usually gone. So I'm not a, a person to sit at home too often. So I've, I'm just trying to find things to do. Yeah, a lot of the drivers that I've talked to and interviewed over this pandemic situation have said it's such a weird adjustment from, you know, you guys are on the road constantly traveling to city to city. Like you said, you're at the shop, you're helping out your crew, you're traveling around. So how is it like to adjust from traveling so much and being on the road to now not being able to do that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I miss my guys. I miss the fans. Um, but for me, I mean, I've been doing this is my 11th year racing top fuel and and I'm going on almost 20 years now, um, you know, traveling, racing for a living. So, you know, my, my typical, uh, my off season is, you know, maybe two months, but typically in the off season, we're working, uh, you know, to get the cars ready to go. So yeah, you're at home, but you know, you're pretty busy working. So for me, you know, I've, I've actually just taken advantage of this situation. Uh, a lot of times throughout the season, like I said, just been racing for 20 plus years. And uh, I just I can't stop racing. You know, we do 24 events with uh, with the top fuel car and then I'm 10 to 12 events or more uh, throughout the year racing my sportsman car. So I've just been enjoying a lot of the things that I don't normally get to do. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I want to go back racing as soon as we can. But last weekend, you know, I was able to go race in Alabama. So that was was good to be out the, out the racetrack. It felt good. And obviously, that's a that's my home. Speaking with Sean Langdon here, NHRA driver on a Southern Race Week radio. Now, as of right now, the tentative schedule is you guys will be returning in August to get back to the NHRA season. You've had this long layoff of not being able to practice and be with your team and, and do all the things you probably need to do on a week-to-week -week basis to get ready. So with this long layoff, um, how are you expecting when you get back to work in August? Well, I think uh, anytime, I mean, typically for us, when we have a, a two-month, two-and-a-half-month uh, off season, um, you know, you, you take that little bit of time off and you, you get in the car. Uh, there's really no way to prepare to go 330 miles an hour. So it always takes a couple runs just to kind of get your mind back up with the car. Um, but I think in the, in this situation, you know, I think I might have a little bit of an advantage over people just because going out and like I said, going bracket racing last weekend, I've been doing practice tree tournaments. Um, they have a, uh, to practice my reaction times. Um, so, you know, I've been staying fairly active in, in the mindsets of keeping the competitive nature going. I think when I go out and I'm going to start racing, we got to race here for two weeks and then I'm going to be racing for the next three weeks after that. So I'm going to have a lot more laps than a lot of people been sitting at home, you know, not really, uh, not really doing that. So, um, I'm hope, hopefully I can use that to my advantage. Hopefully I'll be a big benefit when we do get back going racing that I'll have a leg up on everybody else. Now, before we went on the air, we were doing a little, I was doing a little bit of research on you. learned that you used to be a baseball player. You turned down playing baseball to pursue your career in driving. But when you were growing up, was there any baseball team that you were really cheering for, that you rooted for? Uh, well, uh, I actually grew up in uh, Riverside, California. So I grew up in Southern California. Uh, obviously, you know, I noticed your hat. Uh, I was an Angel fan growing up. I was always kind of – I'd follow the teams that I was uh, – whatever team I was on in Little League. 
typically I'd always kind of follow that team. So I was a fan of like the Mariners. I was a fan of the, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, you know, a lot of Dodgers, uh, a lot of different teams. And it all kind of depend on uh, what team I was, I was playing for. But as I've kind of gotten a little bit older since high school, I got really involved in the fantasy baseball. So it, I kind of started changing my mindset of following and having favorite teams into individual players. So, um, you know, just obviously for, for fantasy baseball purposes of who to pick up and, and what players are doing good and good prospects and stuff like that. So, um, you know, in this day and age, you know, I still don't really have a favorite team. I'm just a huge fan of baseball in general. Um, it, it's more, more depends on what team I'm, I may be betting on. Um, and what teams lost me money. I probably not going to like for a while, whatever teams won me money, then they're on my good list. Well, obviously our flagship station here is out of Atlanta. We cover the Southeast. So this is Braves country. So your thoughts on the Braves, is that one of the teams that you like to cheer for? Yeah, I, you know, I've actually, uh, I haven't been to the new stadium yet. Um, I, I went to the old stadium. Uh, yeah. I mean, Atlanta, you know, like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, that era when they had, uh, you know, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and, uh, and McGriff and, and all those uh, players, you know, that, that was the, when I was a kid, I was always watching those guys. Um, and, uh, but yeah, in this day and age, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, Acuna, you know, he's a stud and Albies, um, you know, they got some, they got some talent over there. So it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to, you know, I think just getting baseball going back. I mean, there's nothing better than, uh, going to a baseball stadium, sitting down, drinking a Coke, eating a hot dog and hearing the crack of the bat. Well, Sean, if our listeners want to keep up with you and what's going on with your race season and the team, where can they go to follow you on social media and keep up with what's going on with you? Well, I'm on uh, uh, Facebook, obviously, uh, Sean Langdon, and uh, Twitter and Instagram, Sean Langdon 333. 333 is my, my race car number. So, yeah, I uh, try to keep up with uh, what's going on. And, and uh, but yeah, you can uh, visit, you know, Coletta, our, our, uh, our website, colettaracing.com. And, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, we'll be, we'll be racing, hopefully starting in August. So that's, that's the plan. You can check us out on Fox. Well, Sean, thanks for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. We hope to see you back in the car in August and hopefully we'll back you, uh, have you back back on the uh, program here soon, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you guys. Hey, this is Brandon Jones and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We bringing you yet again, another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We've got a lot going on in the world of NASCAR. We have reopened. We are at Darlington last weekend for a cup racing. And coming up this weekend, we've got four days of racing going on at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And we head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line, as we're calling it now here temporarily, as we are doing some Zoom interviews throughout this pandemic quarantine situation. And we welcome in to the program a friend of the show. He's been on the program many, many, many times before. He's actually allowed me to visit and go inside the Charlotte Motor Speedway as well for a few races out there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the main man in charge of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Mr. Greg Walter. Alfred is a is a someone who was started off in a broadcasting career. That is the best intro in all of sports, right there, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. As I mentioned at the beginning, Darlington just got started up. You guys got four days of racing with the traditional Coke 600. You've got the trucks, Xfinity, and then another Cup race on Wednesday. So. You're a NASCAR fan just as much as I'm a NASCAR fan. How awesome was it for you to see cars back out on the track? You were down at Darlington 
uh, for what was going on there. So before we talk about your assessment of what was going on, just, just tell me about the sounds, the smells of NASCAR returning here in a 2020. It had been what, 71 days since cars had been on the track. Um, and as a fan, I can't tell you how excited it was to, to, uh, to, to turn on the TV and to, to see the pre-race and to you know, hear the anthem and then hear the engines fire up. Um, you know, for anybody who's a fan of NASCAR, I mean, that's just, that's one of those, those tingling moments, like, like it's coming down, seeing the presence under the tree. Um, it was all that I had hoped it to be. Um, almost emotional, to be honest with you. And yeah, it was really emotional. You could tell when Kevin Harvick got that win, not only a big win just because it was the first race back, but his 50th win in NASCAR. And for many of us fans, knowing win number one for Kevin was another pretty emotional day at Atlanta Motor Speedway coming off uh, the tragic uh, incident that happened at Daytona and, and him taking over the number three, which was now the number 29 in a white car. So for him to get that 50th win, which is obviously very emotional for him and the, and the world and the country, and for him to get that first win at AMS after kind of another tragic event, um, it, it was just kind of a, a great way to kind of book in win number one and uh, win number 50 for, for Kevin. It's a great point. Absolutely. You told us you were down at Darlington. You kind of saw firsthand what Mr. Tharp did down there to prepare for what was going on. What were your assessments and what did you take away from the experience that you can bring to uh, Charlotte here? So we, uh, we went down early on Sunday morning. Um, and of course, I, I've had Kerry Tharp on speed dial since they announced the, the schedule. Um, and he's a, he's a dear friend. He's an incredible gentleman. Um, and one of those people who truly just wants to see the sport overall do well, right? I mean, he, he's done a great job building that brand down there with the you know, Too Tough to Tame and the Throwback Weekend. So we had worked collectively on the playbook with NASCAR. NASCAR had, had taken, we came up with some ideas, we, me, SMI, and we came up with some ideas suggesting NASCAR, we'd work, also working on ideas, and we kind of aggregated everything. So we had this, you know, this thick playbook of what, the protocols would be how we would bring the drivers in, how we would screen, how we keep everybody safe. And it's one thing to see it on, on, on paper, right? Just to see it on a pad of paper. When you're actually able to see those words come to life and see how it's actually implemented, there were a lot of aha moments. Like this makes a ton of sense. This, the way we're doing this, we can maybe shift something and do it differently. All of us are going to have to do it and uniquely leverage the assets that make our track special. For instance, we have a dragway. Um, Darlington does not. So we were, we're going to use our dragway to bring in the teams, et cetera. But, but they did a great job. I, 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 will, I will tell you that they did an awesome job. And they were just taking pictures and understanding what expectations were. And um, we'll be ready. Speaking with uh, the main man in charge over at Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, Greg Walter here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Now, you got this race coming up over the next four days, beginning with the, the traditional Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday. Now, hopefully by some point, the schedule will return to normality, to the way it is scheduled right now. Of course, we got some that are coming up to be made up. Atlanta here in a few weeks. Uh, you know, we got Bristol coming up as well. But for the Roval weekends and the other races that are coming up later on in the year, do you have any idea if – if fans will be allowed to that race or, or what are your expectations for that as we continue to kind of see and assess how things go over in, over the next few months and so? We, we are right now operating, Alfred, as, as normal. And that is the races that have been rescheduled, um, not only the, the Bank of America Robo 400 weekend, but also the, um, the NHRA race that we moved towards September, the four wides. So at this point, you know, of course, anything can change and we will abide by whatever government, you know, executive orders are issued by, by the governor or health authorities. 
But right now, we're expecting to invite all our friends back to come and watch some great racing with the Roval this October. Now, as far as morale of the track, you're, you're kind of around there. How are things holding up with the staff and everyone working there during this crazy time? I'm sure many people were able to work from home. Uh, some maybe still working at the track. As far as your staff and what's been going on the track, how has that been going on during this uh, situation in time as well? So we, we sent everybody home March, I think it was March 16th, that Monday. It was, things moved pretty quickly. You know, the, the World Health Organization issued a pandemic, that basically called the, the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. The NBA shut down. And I think the governor of this state issued an order, and Monday we sent everybody home and haven't really been back here in full staff since. We did lots of Zoom meetings, lots of conference calls. Um, and during that time, you know, we, we changed the structure of our company a little bit. Um, and when it was announced that we were going to go racing, there was a collective energy you could feel in the building, right? I mean, we're, we're event people. And while we're bittersweet that the fans aren't going to be here, because we plan all year to host this great party that's the Coca-Cola 600, what we did see was that we have a chance to, to break ground and lead the way that if we're able to put the Coca-Cola 600 on in a safe fashion, and we've assured our government and local leaders that we're going to do this in a responsible way, that we think it's actually going to kind of begin to thaw out, you know, bring back live sports to television. So there's a leadership role that we, we believe that we're playing here. So there's a lot of energy. A lot of fans are excited. And, of course, we're all race fans. So to get cars back on the track, man, and have four days of racing, absolutely. Well, we're excited for our two, sir. It's going to be amazing. You've got the, the 600 on Sunday, which is one of the biggest spectacles of Memorial Day weekend. So we're really excited for that. You'll have uh, uh, trucks, Xfinity, and then another cup race on Wednesday. So exciting Fox, FS1, the Fox Sports app. There's plenty of ways. I have Roku. You can watch it there as well. So believe me, if there's a way you're gonna, people are going to want to watch this race, they're going to get it. Uh, and the numbers were so great for the Darlington race. I'm sure for Charlotte, the numbers are going to go through the roof. Uh, for, for the race coverage there. So it's going to be amazing to watch. Now, if our listeners want to keep up with what's going on, on the track, find out information and, and what, you know, changes are going to be made as far as fans will be allowed down the road, if not, or taking information, all that kind of stuff, where can they go to keep up with what's going on at Charlotte Motor Speedway? Well, the, the best way is our website, right? Uh, www.charlottemotorspeedway.com. Follow us on all the social media platforms. We, we are present on all of those. And then if, if you want, just call us. You know, we're happy to answer the phones. Actually, even remotely, our ticket agents have been answering calls from fans, and that's 1-800-455-FANS. So love to hear from them. Uh, emails, uh, call us, follow us on social media. We promise we'll reach right back up to you. Well, Mr. Walter, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on Sunday Race Week Radio. You've been a great friend of the show, whether it's NASCAR, NHRA, everything going on, short track racing. You got it all there at the, it looks like for me, uh, the epicenter of racing as far as I'm concerned, Charlotte Motor Speedway. So thanks for all you do for all the fans. And we're so excited to see uh, the truck, uh, the cars, trucks, everything back on the track this weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, sir. God bless you. Take care, be safe. And we'll hopefully talk to you again down the road again, sir. Hope you and your family are well, buddy. Take care. I'm JoJo Wilkinson, driver number 11 with the Pro-Light model from Beautytown, Alabama, and you're listening to Southern Raceway. Well, race fans, it's about time for us to wrap this puppy up, but hey, we want to thank y'all for tuning in, and uh, we give you inside scoops, inside details of what's going on in the racing world for NHRA, drag racing, you know it, you name it, uh, short track, super speedway, dirt, late model. We like to talk about it, and we like to give drivers questions that they've never had before, and that's what they like about us. This week, Alfie, a big thank you. Um, you know, you, you, you pulled it out, man. Uh, 
Greg Walton is uh, is quite a quite a guy at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, thank you for lining him up. NHRA drivers, Cup drivers, you name it, you got them on. Ross Chastain, what a moving interview uh, with Ross Chastain. Going to be driving of a, with the name of a fallen soldier on his car, and he got to hear from his dad. And and what was did the dad read something out of out of the soldier's Bible? Yeah, he had a, uh, something he had written down in the Bible. It was one of the things that was returned to him after his uh, son was returned to the United States of America. So uh, uh, just amazing. Also, as you mentioned, Sean Langston from the NHRA. Thank him for taking time as well. And Greg Walter, as you said, always a, a great interview as well, William. So, yeah, just a great interview. We'll have it all up on our podcast. So if you missed a show uh, this weekend on Monday, uh, just check iTunes, um, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Search for a Southern Race Week, and you'll get the podcast there as well. Or you can email me anytime if you have comments, or if you like, uh, or you're someone who is a driver and you want to get on the show somehow. SRWRadio at yahoo.com uh, is the email address. Uh, one guest we do have for sure on next week, William Jerry Caldwell, the main man in charge over at Bristol Motor Speedway. He'll be on the program next week to preview what's going to be going on at uh, Bristol when uh, the Cup Series returns there next week. Uh, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. And uh, remember, if you've got something coming up, shoot us an email. Find us on Facebook, Southern Race Week. Find us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can find me on Twitter, WB Radio Network, Alfie at Alfie underscore 19. And until next uh, week, we'll see y'all. Y'all have a great one. And uh, <laughs> stay safe.